and I said, what happens if I don't get induced and I just wait for the natural birth that I wanted? And he said, quote, your baby's going to die. We were like, okay. A little bit of us maybe believed him. I'm Cynthia Overgaard, owner of Hypnobirthing of Connecticut, childbirth advocate, and postpartum support specialist. And I'm Trisha Ludwig, certified nurse midwife and international board-certified lactation consultant. And this is the Down to Birth podcast. Childbirth is something we're made to do, but how do we have our safest and most satisfying experience in today's medical culture? Let's dispel the myths and get down to birth. I'm Andrea. I have two kids now. So um, the story that we're going to reflect on was my first birth, which was to my daughter Vivian, who is now just turned five just a few days ago, a week ago or so. And so I wanted to really start off the story in the sense that I, my husband and I had lived, we're from, I'm from Connecticut but we had been living in Philadelphia for about four or five years prior to this. So we had always known we had wanted to get back to Connecticut. So we knew we wanted to, when we wanted to start a family, that's what we were going to do. So we moved back. Um, and then shortly after moving back to Connecticut, we um, got pregnant. And so at that point, I, I didn't have a doctor because I just moved here. Um, in the area. I wasn't from that particular area of Connecticut, so I didn't really know anything about it or, you know, who to go to or anything like that. So at the time, I thought I did the best thing. And I just went to my sister's doctor, who was in the area, lived, you know, about 15 minutes away from me. And she actually was pregnant at the same time. Um, our kids are 10 days apart, but this was her second pregnancy. So it wasn't her first. So you know, she had been going to this doctor or this practice, I should say, you know, liked it, didn't really have anything bad to say. However, I did know some individuals or her friends, or maybe just one at that point, who had been to that doctor and didn't have such a great experience. So, you know, that was kind of there, kind of ignored it. Um, and I just went. And I knew basically from the very start that it perhaps wasn't a great fit because of the first conversation I ever had with this particular doctor at the time was I said, you know, I went in again, first pregnancy, didn't know really what to think or do. And I said, um, you know, should I continue working out? And I had been working out pretty much every day for years. And she said, sure, but you cannot lift over 25 pounds. And right then and there, I said, well, so I was a CrossFitter and I had CrossFitted prior to this five or six years. And I said, well, you know, that might be, be a problem. I, you know, I had always been doing CrossFit and 25 pounds was not a lot of weight for me personally. Um, and I wanted to continue doing it. And so I kind of took it with a grain of salt. I knew I had talked to people and they were like, you know, obviously you don't want to become a runner the day you get pregnant. You don't want to become a CrossFitter the day you get pregnant. But if you're doing it and your body feels good, do it. So I kind of ignored that information, I would say, and just kept doing it. 
And, you know, I was totally fine. In fact, my last day of CrossFit, and of course I scaled when I needed to, but my last day of CrossFit was actually on my guest date or also called my due date of that pregnancy. So I, I had no issues whatsoever. That was kind of my first inkling that maybe this wasn't a great fit. But again, I kind of ignored it and I went and I went about my pregnancy. So at some point, I don't remember really when or in the beginning of the pregnancy, I found you, Cynthia, probably from, it was a friend who had gone to you and then just internet exploring of just my options and what I had, you know, what were my options. And then shortly after finding you, I believe I found Colleen, who was my doula and then joined your class. And then just kind of basically from research knew that I wanted to have a natural birth. So I already had this practice. I did tell my doctor at some point that, you know, I was going to have a natural birth. This is what I was going to do. They really didn't have anything to say. I think they said something along the lines of good luck. You know, you could try, but you know, you never know. And so that was kind of what I had thought because I didn't know anything different. And I said, okay, in mind though, I was going to have a natural birth. Right? No one was really going to tell me not, you know, that I wasn't going to. You know, I, I was, you know, I'm sure confused, but I would say with your class and everyone, you know, the support of you and everyone in it, like I knew it was going to be fine. And I had Colleen and she, you know, had talked, was talking me through the whole thing. And at some point I did explore other practices. I believe I went to the Danbury facility. It was a great option, but it was kind of far for me. It was like a, a little over an hour and I was just unsure. And, and I was scared that that was too far, you know, in retrospect, it wasn't. But I just was like, you know what? I, I just really didn't know what to do because I was my first pregnancy. And I said, I'm just going to stay with my doctor. Although I don't, it wasn't a great fit. I'm just going to do it. Once it got closer to my guest date, as they refer to as the due date, which was 12-19, that's kind of when I saw like the biggest change from the practice. Kind of just the attitude and the, um, with the sense that, you know, I had to start going, I think it was every week. I had to, you know, go through all the tests and, you know, talk to the doctor about everything that was going on. And, you know, they were just keeping a really close eye on me because, you know, at this point, 1219 came around and I had no baby. Yes. And you were a low risk mom. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. I was 33 low risk, totally low risk, no health issues whatsoever. So I kept, so I had to, at that point, go every week. I believe 1223, which was just one, five days um, after the guest date, I had gone in and my husband was with me and we were just going in for that regular checkup, right? So now we were going more frequently because we were now past the guest date. And that's when um, the doc, we got checked out, everything was fine. And then he, had, he said, the doctor said, let's go to my office and come up with a plan. So I distinctly remember him getting out his calendar. We were in his office and plotting the day um, in which I was going to have my baby. And so at that point he had, I believe said 1230, but I distinctly remember the conversation being, it can't be after the 31st, it can't be on the 31st because it's a holiday and limited staff. And I remember it being like this big deal that you know, it couldn't be on a holiday. And I said, well, how about we push it a couple days after the 31st? And he said, no, that's too far. It has to be the 30th. And so I said, okay, 
I had no idea. <laughs> and, and I, but again, I knew in my mind, I wasn't, I was going to have the baby when I was, when the baby was ready to come out. So I still had that mindset. And I said, what happens if I don't get induced and I just wait for the natural birth that I wanted? And he said, quote, unquote, your baby's going to die. And so at that point I said, you know, I think we were both pretty much just speechless at that point. We were like, okay. Did, like did, you, gonna... did you believe him when he said that? What did you feel? I think that we felt like maybe, you know, that he's right. I don't know. Again, first birth, not really knowing much. Um, at that point, I just think a little bit of us maybe believed him, but a little bit was also, I had, you know, all this training now and the, my back, you know, under my belt that, you know, that probably wasn't going to happen. And so I think it was like almost like a 50, 50 mixed emotions. And yet I just want to point out that here you are five years later and you just started to cry even saying those words. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God I had you got, you know, you and Colleen, because if I hadn't, I would have just been terrified, even more terrified than I, that I was at that point. Okay. So what happened next after the doctor said that, Andrea? So we left and I remember I called Colleen, I think we called her from the car to be honest, and said, you know, this is what happened. What do we do? And she talked us through it and was like, everything's going to be fine. You know, we're going to wait for the baby. Nothing's changed. This doesn't change anything. Um, And I think at that point, she even said, it's not too late to change doctors because it wasn't. But I was like, that wasn't, I wasn't going to do it because I was just scared and I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what doctor to go to. So I was like, I'm just going to stay and it's going to be fine. And so then um, 12, 28 rolls around, (laughs) no baby. And um, I had an appointment to go back to the practice or I actually went to the hospital because I had to have an ultrasound. And then I had to get all the tests, all the machines that monitor everything. You lay there for like two hours and they monitor every everything. And then you get an ultrasound and that's when they measure the fluids. And that's that, whatever those levels are, and I do not know what they are, but that's what they really go by, right? Is if you're going to have the baby or you're not gonna have the baby. <laughs> Trisha, do you wanna jump in there? Yes, so they're just measuring your amniotic fluid volume. Right. And Trisha, they're looking for normal levels, like between five and 22. Right. But midwives, uh, Trisha would just palpate, right? They wouldn't. At this point, even in a midwifery practice, you would definitely be going for biophysical profiles, which is that the ultrasound test that looks at not just amniotic fluid, but also movement and breathing and a, a number of factors. Okay. So everything was fine as far as the movement and breathing goes, I do recall, but the fluid was like, there, and I don't remember the numbers, I wish I did but it was like a little bit under, like the slightest bit ever. And I remember the doctor, this is a totally new doctor. It was the doctor that actually reads you the fluid readings. She comes in after the ultrasound tech leaves. And then she came in, I remember, and I never had met this doctor before. And she had told me, you know, I had to have the baby now. This is 1228. And I said, no, (laughs) I'm not gonna have the baby. I kind of just knew, to be honest with you, that like the baby was coming soon, everything was going to be fine. And she said, 
um, if you were my family member, or if you were my sister, or my cousin, I wouldn't let you leave the hospital. That's the classic line. That is the classic line. <laughs> if you were my if wife, you were my, if you're my wife, if you're my, if you were wife. my sister, if you were my daughter, because it, yes. it, it pulls on your heartstrings. Totally. And they weren't even, I said, well, let, can I go home and get my stuff? And they said no. And then I had to have the baby. So we actually just left the hospital. And they were not happy. Andrea, I vividly remember you telling me about that. So please describe in detail what happened. They told you you can't go. Yeah. And you left. Yeah. What happened? Down to Birth is sponsored by Postpartum Soothe. Recovering from a vaginal birth takes many women by surprise. Everyday activities like sitting, walking, and going to the bathroom can be uncomfortable. And Postpartum Soothe is just the remedy to support your healing and relieve discomfort. Postpartum Soothe is a 100% organic herbal blend that's applied to maternity pads in the days immediately following your birth, giving you all the benefits of a sits bath 24-7. That's because herbs like comfrey leaf, uva ursi, and witch hazel are known for their antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties. Postpartum Soothe can be prepared anytime during the third trimester, and it makes a beautiful baby gift. It's a must for any woman seeking a faster, easier recovery from a vaginal birth. Visit postpartumsoothe.com. That's postpartumsoothe, S-O-O-T-H-E.com. And use promo code down to birth. I was bawling. I was crying. I was really upset because I did not want to have the baby right then and there. And I just said to the nurse, it was like the lady, it was like the admin behind the desk and the doctor disappeared. I don't know where she went. Um, and I was basically you know, they were going to shuffle me to the room and I was going to get induced and have the baby. And I just got up. I think I called Colleen in the waiting room crying. People are like all staring at me at this point in this waiting room at the hospital. And my husband was there and I said, we got it. We have to go. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to have the baby. I went up to the check-in and I said, I'm going to leave. They were like, you can't leave. You can't leave. And I was like, I have to leave. I'm not having the baby. Hysterical. I'm hysterical. You had told me they were following you to the door trying to get you to stay. Yeah, they were. They were following me to the door that I couldn't leave and I had to have the baby. And it was like traumatizing, to be honest. And this was 1228 at, um, at about, it had to be like midday. And at this point, maybe it was a little bit later in the day. And I we got in the car. I'm still like so upset. Called Colleen again. <laughs> it was like, they told me I couldn't leave. I left. She And she said I did the right thing. Again, everything was going to be okay. And then she suggested that I go to acupuncture because I had been going throughout the whole pregnancy. And so I called, got an appointment at like 7 p.m. She fit me in and went there, um, was like at that point, like had calmed down, was super relaxed, got acupuncture about 7 p.m., had dinner, went to bed. And at about 2 a.m., I woke up and, um, started having contractions and there were pretty intense contractions at that point when I woke up. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm just very curious. Did you get a call from the doctor? <laughs> so at some point, yes, I think I got a call. And even prior to that, I had gotten a call and, at, and he had left a message and I never called back okay. and he was not happy. Like the doctor was not happy with me whatsoever. Like I was not on his list of good patients. And I'll, and I'll kind of get into that as um, at the end of the story also. But he was, he had called me, left a message. I didn't, I just didn't answer the phone. So um, he was 
you know, to his defense, he said that he had become worried, which I'm sure he was at some point, but um, I just didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to, you know, at that point I was just had my, my goals and my mindset and I knew everything was going to be okay. I just knew, you know, how you have that feeling and you just know. Had dinner, went to bed and started um, having the baby basically at 2 a.m. that night. So the night of the 29th and called Colleen. She came over from about 2 p.m. Um, 2 a.m. Sorry, to um, about 7, 7.30 a.m. And we went to the hospital. And at this point, I was the same, pretty far along. The same hospital? Yes. We went to the same hospital because at this point, I still had the same, I was still with the same practice. Now, mind you, we had four doctors in rotation. And I got there. I'll never forget that. I got out of the car, barely could really move, was trying to just breathe through it, got in a wheelchair and they wheeled me in. And I was just so out of it at that point. It was so focused on, you know, the breathing and all that. And I looked up and I see the doctor that had told me my baby was going to die. So he was on call and he was now going to deliver my baby. And so I don't even remember what I felt, but I do distinctly remember looking up, seeing him and being like, oh gosh, I'm, he's actually here and he's got to deliver my daughter. So that was just, you know, luck of the draw. And so I went in at about 7.30, I think I got checked in and I had her at 10. So it was very quick. I was only there for about an hour. I was only probably in labor, I think, you know, for, for a very short amount of time. So I wasn't there for a long time at all. She was perfect. Everything was, you know, wonderful. Um, she, I didn't know what I was having. So I had a daughter, Vivian, who is now five. Um, and so everything was just perfect. And as I had planned, which I know doesn't always happen, but I had, you know, the faith in the knowledge from Cynthia and Colleen that it was going to all be okay. And it all ended up being wonderful. And she was perfect. And so then to kind of wrap up my story, I, um, had her and then the doctor leaves and at some point, they, what's the stuff they give you after you have the baby? Pitocin? Yes. I had not wanted that for various reasons that we had discussed in the class, and they made me do it. They basically made me do it. I had no choice. Colleen had, had suggested that they don't or had said we didn't want it, and that was not an option. So I had to have the Pitocin, which I didn't want. But I did have that. Trisha, what do you want to say? I was just laughing. They're, they were probably just like, enough of this lady for doing what we want. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I think at one point we had wanted like the lights dimmed. That didn't happen. So there was like certain protocols that they weren't going to let us. Because they were mad. They were yeah. trying to regain control. <laughs> they were. And so when he came back in to say congratulations, which I think he said, he also that was nice. closed Yeah, with saying, well, You've got what you wanted. Wow. And, like you won. Like this yeah. was a power struggle yeah. and you won. Boy, that's revealing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I did go back there for a couple follow-ups, I think one or two. And then shortly after that, just never went back. So yeah. what do you, what's going on for you right now? No, I think, you know, reliving it. It's funny. I never talk about it. You know, it's one of those things that you kind of try to just, I guess, forget about and move on. And, you know, she was perfect. The baby was perfect. And we were so blessed with having a healthy baby that, you know, we couldn't necessarily complain about anything, but 
Um, I think it just brings up emotions because, you know, it wasn't ideal. I wish that I had changed doctors. I wish the moral of the story is that when you have a gut feeling, you usually should go with it, right? And that was one of those things where I just kind of was scared, a little unsure, and just kind of rolled with it when I knew it wasn't right. And then you were traumatized by ways that people talked to you and treated you and fear that was instilled and being basically chased out of the hospital. And and that's a lot to handle. It was a lot. You did get basically everything you thought you wanted. And you just said, like, you try to forget about it. And I'm thinking, well, look, you have to you have to be proud of yourself for how you handled it and grateful to everything that gave you this beautiful birth in life. And yet you're upset because, you know, you went through that experience where they tried to have you doubt yourself. You saw the face of the person who scared you walk into the room. And I want women to know that I always talk about this, how you feel through your birth is paramount. It is not a matter of just a healthy outcome. It is paramount. And we have a woman who did make her own decisions, who did have a great outcome, and she's still reflecting on how she felt and how they took that little piece from her. It's just like you can't overstate it. How you feel while you're giving yeah. birth is something we all have to care about more. Totally. So what? how did that experience change you? You know, I think at the end of the day, I was proud of standing up for myself in the sense where I knew what I wanted and I was going to do it no matter what. Um, So that was something I guess to be proud of. But it also taught me that I wasn't going to have this happen to me again. And I definitely learned from the experience. And I think I maybe have told a couple people about it. And we have actually many people at this point I've talked to about that particular practice. And they were like, oh, yeah, that this happened and that happened to me. And so I think it it was almost a common theme, but I think it was a learning experience for sure. But super grateful that, you know, it taught me to just be a stronger person overall and stand up for what you want and believe in. Were you and your husband always on the same page with the decisions? Yes, 100%. That helps a lot. Totally. How did you change for the second birth? Well, I went to a different doctor. (laughs) That was the starting point. But I chose the doctor offer of recommendation and I loved them and I love the practice and I didn't have a natural birth the second time because it's just not what I wanted. It was because some of the trauma from my first birth, who knows, I don't know, but I had a wonderful, wonderful experience. Actually, I have moved since moved about an hour north, and I still to this day will go back there for my checkup every single year. And I hope to always go there because I just love her. And once again, you're proving that how you feel during your birth, because your goal initially was to have a natural birth. You achieved that, but didn't feel supported. And you're describing your second birth as having been a very positive experience. And it wasn't a natural birth, but you felt supported and respected through it. Totally. Because you trusted and cared for your care provider who reciprocated those feelings back to you. 100%. It could not have been easy for a young woman pregnant for the first time to have that kind of resolve when she thought she had the support of the providers all the time and in the end found out that she really didn't. And it's only in retrospect we look back and then we see those comments they make along the way in a new light, like, well, good luck with the natural birth or, you know, we see it in a new light. Yeah. But we want so much to think the best of them. We want so much to believe in them all along that we filter frequently those comments yep. in a more positive way. 
So our head says they're supportive, but usually something in the in the gut says maybe they're not, and then it all fits together later. But that's such a common um, story. What you're describing is such a common situation. The outcome is not so common, but the the situation that you are in, the situation with the provider and how you felt is just way too frequent in yeah. the birthing world today. What do you tell women who are pregnant? What do you, what's your advice to them on finding the right provider? I know what I, know what I tell them, but I want to know what you, with your very powerful experience, tell them. I um, think that first and foremost, you have to feel comfortable. You have to feel like if you, whatever you want this pregnancy to be, your pregnancy to be, you have to be on the same page as your provider, whether that be, you know, the typical um, practice or going or having a home birth or whatever that is, you have to be on the same page. You have to feel comfortable and you all have to have the same end goal. If you enjoyed our podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share a favorite episode or two. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Down to Birth Show or contact us and review show notes at downtobirthshow.com. Please remember this information is made available to you for educational and informational purposes only. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. For our full disclaimer, visit downtobirthshow.com slash disclaimer. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, hear everyone and listen to yourself. I'm like, you will relive your birth till the day you die. It does not matter if your kids are like 68 and you're 100, you're going to still be ready to sit down and talk about your birth. It's so true. It is a completely transformative experience. And like, you might walk away going like, whoo, who knew that was all in there? You know? <laughs> totally.